Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Of course, this is Byron Lazine, and I am joined today by somebody who has a ridiculous podcast. If you haven't checked it out, you will after this one. Dustin Brome. Dustin, pleasure to have you, brother. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is like super unique. We're obviously both in Vegas here for Inman Connect, uh, Las Vegas 19. So. This really did work out. And listen, now I've got something I can wear. <laughs> We've got the Massive Agent. Dustin's got the Massive Agent podcast, uh, Massive Agent t-shirt. And I was out of clothes for my plane ride tomorrow. So this really is effective. Love it. Awesome, brother. And it's comfortable. For so. everybody that, um, in my small audience that doesn't know who you are, why don't you start with kind of telling them your story and how you got into real estate? Sure. Yeah. I, I, I'll just assume no one knows me, but that, that's cool. You know, it's a, it's a very large industry. Um, uh, my name is Dustin Brome. I'm, I've been a real estate agent in Salt Lake city for, for almost nine years now. And, um, about halfway into my career, I mean, I, I dude, the first, first half of my career, I was just struggling. I selling very few homes. The first two years I was with a team that was taking 50% and it wasn't a true team like you'd get today. Um, like they didn't provide a whole lot. You know, I got a, a yeah, there's, there's actually like two teams. There's teams that take 50% take mm-hmm. and then there's teams that give 50% because they're giving you so much. Correct. Yeah. Right? It, and, and it was a little scrappy thing. They're like, Hey, let's, you know, let's put this team together. Like I don't fault them for it, but they, they didn't have a whole lot to give. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I was doing all the wrong shit, like stuff that wasn't in line with my personality, like cold calling, door knocking. Um, not to say there's not some benefit to doing that, but it, I hated every minute of it. And so I sucked at it. And, you know, if you're doing something you don't like, you're never going to do it long enough to win. You're going to give up at some point. And, and so I was just starving. And so, so naturally I was like, I went to Google and just start looking for, you know, how to get real estate leads. And it, it I found a, a blog from easy agent pro, the website company, and they were talking about blogging and how you can have a website and put out content and start attracting people to you. And that whole concept was just like, so I don't have to like chase people down in the produce section of the grocery store with my yeah, freaking yeah. name tag on. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's bad news right there. It, yeah. it was. And, and my mentor did it, but that works for him. And, and, uh, and so I, I bought into that and it was a huge risk. And at the time, like, I think I put like, it was like 600 bucks to get started you, at the time. You ever read the book? They ask you answer. No, I've never heard of that. You, this is a book. You, I mean, you're already beyond that stage, but it's right up what you're talking about in terms of producing this type of blog content where mm-hmm. people are going to seek you out uh, because you educated them through the content. But go ahead. I'm sorry and to cut you what, off. What's it called again? They Ask You Answer. That's a great book for anybody that's thinking about starting. I haven't whether, heard that. Because the blog content to me is the same thing as a podcast yep. or, or, or a YouTube show. or yep. It's all the same thing. Exactly. And, and, and I think you need to be all places, but go on. Go on. Yes. And, and blogging was my first entry into content marketing into attraction marketing and and i just started writing some articles and like i always hated english class you know it was the worst i thought yeah. it was the most worthless class and right after science that was yeah science at least you got to like you know have some shit bubbling out of a tube like <laughs> yeah. english was just garbage and so i'm like i'm not a writer but i need to get business so I'm i'll not just a writer but i'll write i'll write i'll write the way i <laughs> speak that. And I found out it was well-received. People enjoyed just like reading something that wasn't so stuffy and wasn't like so polished. And, and about three months in, I started, uh, I got my first client from it who found me through Google and it validated everything. And, and from that point on, I was like, 
I can just focus on putting content out there and attracting people to me as long as I have something valuable for them that entertains them or is educational or, yeah. or whatever, because value means something different to everybody. I just have to put it out there and keep doing it consistently forever. And, and then that forever, forever. And it's going to be forever, right? Like it has to be as long as you're in business. If, as long as you want to keep getting business. Yeah. Exactly. You got, you got to keep it going. Um, and, and, and one thing led to another, once you start creating content, now you have to get people to see it. Mm-hmm. You have to get people to know it exists. And if you're blogging, you have to get people to find you. It doesn't just happen. So then I started going down the road of social media, Facebook ads, um, and, and I really, I found out that I loved social media. I loved marketing. I became good at it. I became really good at like crafting messages and, and figuring out like how to get somebody's attention with what they actually give a shit about, not what you want them to give a shit about. And, and then that led to other mediums, you know, uh, podcasting and, and a few other things. And, and I just started sharing what I, what I had just done with other agents mm-hmm. because I knew that I wasn't the only one in that boat who was, this is a tough business. Yeah. It, it no really doubt. is. And so I just started sharing it and started building somewhat of an audience of other agents that wanted to know more. And so, you know, that led to the massive agent podcast and I just found that to be the most effective Great name, way. by the way. Thank Love you. The name. It, it's so crazy. Cause I, I was walking the dog new year's day and I was like, I'm going to go home and record my, per, my first podcast episode. And I didn't have a clue what I was going to call it. And I'm, and, I, and the, the term mega agent came to mind. I'm like, what's bigger, massive agent. And it sounded so stupid when I said it, but I, I'm like, that's it. Massive just, agent podcast. I just ran with it. So, so let's talk about the podcast a little bit. Were sure. you somebody growing up like I was that just like only listened to sports talk radio as, a, as opposed to like music or, or did you, not really listen to talk shows and you just kind of stumbled into podcasts. I'm just curious on, on how you uh, landed into podcasting. Yeah. I kind of stumbled into it. Yeah. I, I mean, I was, when I was growing up, I didn't really listen to talk, talk radio or talk, uh, you know, sports talk radio or anything like that. It was more music and stuff. Um, I don't know. I just, I think it started with Snapchat. Snapchat's when I really started putting myself out there uh, visually. Really? Yeah, it yeah. all it all started with Snapchat for me. It's crazy. No kidding. And Gary V inspired it, and I started on u- Snapchat. On Snapchat. Are you still using Snapchat a lot? No, I use Instagram Stories now. Yeah, I know. I've I'm listen. I've I've got maybe I don't know a hundred people viewing my snaps or something like that. It's very yeah. low, but yeah, but um it's once a week or something. I'm just not using it. They're all, they all seem to be like old friends and, and stuff like that. But. Yeah. I mean, Snapchat, it, it was practice for me. It was, and it got me comfortable in front of a camera. It got me comfortable just like being myself and not worrying yeah, about it, losing it, my train of thought or whatever. These just, platforms are, somebody said this probably was Gary V where it's like, okay, don't get like all caught up in this platform going away or not pe- people using it yeah. because it, it literally did give you the training for IG stories for Instagram. Yeah. I used to do live streaming on this thing called meerkat. I remember meerkat. Do you remember meerkat? Yeah. It was, it was before Periscope, right? It was around the same time as, I don't know which one came first. I don't, I don't want to, um, be wrong there, but it was right around the same time as Periscope. Yeah. And it was basically its own platform. And then Periscope got bought by 
Twitter, and you could see that obviously Meerkat's days were numbered. And then once Facebook Live, you know, obviously that that kind of just yeah crushed the whole uh, the whole Periscope thing too. But Meerkat was this weird thing where you would you know I would sit there on a live stream for like three hours straight. You know, like now you Facebook Live and it's like twenty minutes, right? And there was like these points that you would get, you know, by meerkatting, right? So you would, uh, you try to get the points and, and I actually still engage, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook with some of the people that were heavy into that meerkat community, Sure. but it absolutely gave me a skill set that I'm using today. Absolutely. Yeah. And Gary V talks about that himself. He, he talks about, um, I, I had never even heard of it, but, um, what was it? It was before YouTube. It was like a yeah, that's social cam or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd never even heard of it, but he's like, I practiced on that, and then when YouTube came around, he was ready for it. That's right. And and so yeah, for me, it started on Snapchat. It got me comfortable and and comfortable with just being myself and not worrying about you know swearing if I want to or losing my train of thought or you know just like and you knew it was going away. Up. So there there was probably that ease of like. Hey, this is, if, I, if I don't really like it, it's disappearing in 24 hours. So yeah, yeah, I think that that probably factored in a little bit. You know? But yeah, and then one thing leads to another, and you know, you you find other mediums that you like more or that are better for what you're trying to do, and you just go with it. Like we overthink shit way too much. Absolutely. So why podcast? I'd always wanted to do a podcast. I mean, I, I listened to Pat Flynn quite a bit and his um, Smart Passive Income podcast. I've just always wanted to do it. I was like, that'd be cool. And it was, just, it was one of those things I just added to the list. Like, I'll, I'll do it eventually, like yeah. we all do with, with certain things. And for anyone, if people watch The Real Word, which, you know, some of these um, guys watching this podcast probably do, um, you would know that we're up for the Inman Innovator Award for in the it's podcast crazy. category. Yep. Uh, myself and Nicole with The Real Word and your podcast and Tom Ferry's and number of, a number of other really good podcasts. Yep. And that uh, that's kind of brought us here. Kevin and Fred. Today. You can't forget Kevin, Kevin and, and Fred. Fred. Uh, who else you got? You know who I thought was really good was uh, that I had never listened to until I saw the list hmm. was, um, and now I'm not, not even Robertson with who he's do, whoever he's doing one with, uh, with our partner in there, Greg Robertson. Is it and, Rob Hahn? Yes, and Hahn. Okay. I thought that was, I don't know if you checked it out. I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah, it was very good. They're, they've got that Joe Rogan style where they're just kicking it, chilling. Bantering. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was really good. Yours is really good. Uh, I thought every, they did pick a good list of people. They did. It's diverse. Yeah. And, and yeah, there were shows on there I'd never heard of. Um, yeah, it's a good list. It, so you, you're going, your podcasts are 30 minutes, hour. What are they? Typically? They're about an hour. About an hour. Yeah. yeah. I started out. When I started, it was just me, and I'd have a guest on every once in a while, and then I realized having a guest really helps with growing the podcast, and it takes a lot of the pressure off me as a host, too. Yeah. Um, and plus, like, I don't know everything. It's good to have other perspectives on, on stuff, too. So, yeah, it's, when I started doing interviews, they, they crept up on an hour. And it's a unique skill set to be able to pull a podcast off by yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're talking... Literally right. to yourself. Mm -hmm. I do that on the radio. I have a radio show on Saturdays. And if Pat doesn't show up, we record now. Sam's sitting here behind the camera and we'll record and then we'll put it on the radio. But when I do live shows and Pat doesn't show up, 
I'm just doing it like Mike Francesca. For those of you that know old sports talk, New York radio, Mike Francesca. Oh, look <laughs> at this. We've got the broke agent FaceTiming us in the middle of a podcast. Should we pick this up right Bring now? Bring him in, yeah. B.A. No, he, he, he's gone. B.A.'s gone. All gone. We'll, we'll do a podcast with B.A. later. But, yeah, that's a unique skill set, doing a podcast and carrying a conversation on your own that somebody actually wants to listen to, right? right. You know, that, that, that's, that's a hard challenge. So you've been bringing in the guests. That, is that kind of really taking the podcast to the next level? or It contributed to it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of it is consistency. You know, you, you, you spoke an hour or so ago and, th- and that was one thing you talked about is just committing yeah. consistency. So big, if you're going to do a show every Thursday morning, do it every Thursday morning, That's right, man. no matter what, because yeah. the audience gets used to it. They look for it. And if all of a sudden it's not there, they're like, what the hell? A, lo- a lot of people on the, if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to it, a lot of people don't realize that I had a YouTube channel before this one with over a thousand subscribers. I had over 300 videos on that channel um and it was all back then it was all about the consistency it still is today right Mm -hmm. that channel's not here i'm building everything all back up um but i will build it back up based off of that one thing i'm gonna show up every single week i'm gonna produce content and i'm gonna put it out there yeah and i'm not gonna miss a week right and that is how you start to build a momentum where you can actually have an audience that's gonna engage that's gonna ask questions um, that you can go in, into their content and engage with them. Right. You know, it really does become a community, and it gives you a podcast, the pillar piece of content, gives you all that content for IG, IG stories, everything else. All my content basically comes out of what we're doing right here. Yeah, yeah, it, and I, there's something magical about consistency with whatever it is you're doing, and I don't know if it's so much for the audience, but for us. Yeah. as the the creator of the show it's just there's there's something about it that just works over time like you just give it enough time for people to discover and then someone's really going to love it you're going to find someone who really loves it and they're going to share it with someone in their office right. and and the more time goes by the more consistent the more that happens and and it just grows so so you're doing the podcast you you're still doing sales mm-hmm. right uh, team or individual? Individual. Individual sales. Yep. You are coaching agents, mm-hmm. right? You said you had over 50 coaching clients, right? Yeah. Over 50 or 100, whatever it yeah, was. 55. 55 In a group clients. setting. Yeah. That's insane. What else, are you, what else are you doing that we've left out here? I, I just do, I do content just constantly. Yeah. Uh, it, I, re- I love the fact that I can help other agents get out of a bad place that, that I had to get out of. And make a living doing it. Yep. I, I love that. And, and I still sell homes, um, but it's not like, there. you know how it is. When you help another agent to really turn a corner in their business, uh, even if you had just a very small little bit to do with it, you just maybe inspired them or the way you said something and they tell you about it, like that, it's, it's so oh, listen, amazing. There, there's nothing better than getting a text from, you know, a team member that says, hey, put that deal under contract, baby. Yeah. A couple fire emojis back. Let's roll. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. That, yes. that is a, that is a very gratifying feeling. So, all right. So you're in the weeds in, in real estate in a lot of different ways and venues. Let's switch gears here a little bit and talk about what you're seeing in our industry 
Um, the hot buzz topics are, you know, what Zillow's doing and the changes that they're making. Yes. Certainly, we're sitting here in July of 2019. They've made a ton of changes over the last 12 to 18 months. Um, I just met. Do you know who I met in the green room? By mm. the way, the CEO for Op City. Really? Yeah. What a great dude. And they're in Austin, right? I think they're in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So, uh, you know, Op City's been, I guess you could call them. They haven't gotten any of the uh, the hatred from agents. I mean, they're Zillow's copying Op City now, basically. By the way, if people haven't figured that out, so they're, in my opinion, a disruptor. If that's what you want to call them on this lead flow. Huge news as we woke up today with Amazon yeah. partnering with Realogy. On a macro, how do you see the disruption in our industry, and um, how does it make you feel as somebody still in sales? Uh, it doesn't. It it doesn't worry me. Uh, what? See, I like it because I like the 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 like the the business of it all. Like, and and I'm not a big business guy, but like it, it's interesting to see the moves being made and how one thing can lead to another and how you can kind of see what, what someone's intentions are by the moves they make. Uh, these companies are doing exactly what they should be, especially the public ones, because they literally have a legal obligation to their shareholders right. like Zillow. So uh, I respect them. I may not like it, but you know, what, what else are they going to do? I see a lot more happening. I, I was kind of surprised this morning. Um, that this was Amazon's first entrance into the real estate game. I thought they'd just go for it and buy a brokerage. I thought they'd buy Redfin and then say, Hey, we'll just sell your house for free. And then they'd make their money on all the others, all the other stuff or on the mortgage and on the insurance because right. they, they could we'll sell your house for free. Yeah. Uh, so, and that could have, that could play out in a bunch of different ways. It's a right? bomb right there. Yeah, it would be like, it, imagine if that happened with Inman going on, like people would be like, they would leave the conference. There'd be suicide watch. Yeah. And we For have real. some, we're sitting here on the 36th floor. <laughs> like there are some <laughs> tall buildings in this town. Yes. Uh, but like that could happen. So and let's just plan on that happening. Like something like that could happen. So what do you do as an agent to insulate yourself or, or to still stay valuable? Well, you can't just be like everybody else. You can't just be in a cubicle yeah. doing CMAs, going on a, listing presentation offering to put a freaking sign in the yard and doing the same old shit like you you have to i think the only way to to really protect yourself as an individual from amazon buying zillow and selling homes for free and by the way everyone would use them because everyone trusts amazon that it was interesting because uh i was actually talking to ben the the ceo of op city in the green room and he's like obviously i don't know much about and no none of us do it the news came out today this yeah. morning on on uh amazon but uh you know he he was kind of and i don't want to misquote him here but he was like you know people go to certain places to search for real estate right so so and and we already know that people don't search for agents and this is really his main point they don't search for agents they search for product home right so he's like, you know, Amazon it appears as they're pitching, we've got the agent for you, not the product for mm -hmm. you, the house, right? To your point, we sell the house yeah. on Amazon. And so I, I said, yes, agree with you. There, and so far, it looks like Amazon isn't going to be promoting listings, which is what we know the consumer wants. They want, they want to see the, the product. 
But to your point, everybody trusts Amazon and everybody is already on Amazon and they yep. trust that platform. So my now, wife's on Amazon right now. I'm sure she's scrolling the app looking for stuff to buy that's right. right now. And Amazon knows everything about everybody. Yep. And so now, you know, the people that are searching for, you know, maybe it's a bunch of bins cause they're about to move. Right. Yep. And that thing pops up and says, Hey, not only do we have an agent for you, but if you pick our agent in this price range, you're going to get $5,000 of free stuff from Amazon. Who doesn't want $5,000 of free stuff yep. from Amazon? Now you're like, hmm, maybe I will start the process the right way, agent first, not house first, right? Um, and, and so so that's what I said to him as he was going on stage. Is what I basically said. I said, yeah, but everybody's already on Amazon and they already trust it. Exactly. We're letting Amazon open our front doors and open the garage doors already. Yeah. Like people are doing that. So I, I think the only way to protect yourself as an individual agent is to be a local celebrity, yep. to be a local influencer, brand. local yep. brand. If people do not know who you are at a local level, you don't stand a chance. Amazon, Zillow, all these guys, whatever the hell comes next, Google's AI, whatever. And, and you know some craziness is going to happen that we can't even wrap our heads around, not next year, but maybe three years from now. That's going to be so hard to penetrate at a local level in Holiday, Utah, which is a suburb of Salt Lake, you know, or Holiday, Utah, which big is big shout out to Holiday. Big shout out to Never Holiday. Never heard of Holiday. I'm, I'm the worst with like knowing <laughs> shit. Well, so. it, it's an obscure <laughs> suburb in, if you're not familiar with Salt Lake, you know. Yeah. But anyways. Billy um, Pipes is from that area. You know Bill Pipes? I don't. But I like him. He's, comfort. Oh, he's the man, dude. You got to reach out to him. You should have him on your podcast. He would do is it. Is he from Holiday? I don't know if he's from Holiday, but he's in that Salt Lake area. Is he? Yeah. Nice. I'm not exactly sure, but salt, he's in Salt Lake. It, it, it's amazing how many, it's amazing how big our industry is. He's the, he's the biggest, besides Tom Ferry, the biggest speaker in the Tom Ferry organization. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Our industry is so big. See, here's, here's another, this adds to the conversation. Our industry is so big. There's right. so many agents that are making a great living. There's so much business to go around. So even if Amazon jumps in and buys Redfin or buys Remax or whoever the hell, and, and just takes a huge chunk out of the market, it's not going to be a hundred percent, of course. But if let's say they take a huge chunk out, there's still room for you. If people know who you are, right. if you are the trusted brand locally, if you have a podcast, if you have a video show, if you even if you just do awesome events once a month or that the community comes to and everyone knows you and trusts you, that's how you win at a local level. Like everyone in between there, there's the, the celebrities, everyone in between, which is most agents. And then the mega teams that just have their systems dialed in, you know, that they can spend ungodly amounts on leads. Everyone else is going to be dead. And, and here is the mega teams that have all their systems down are in a good place to survive because whether it's OpCity, Zillow, Amazon, blah, 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 blah. They need somebody to get out there and put the systems to work and do the groundwork because none of those companies are interested in building the infrastructure of hiring, training, and producing real estate agents. Right. I agree with that. Right. Like, that's just, if you're paying any attention, blatantly obvious at this yeah. point. That's why I think if Amazon wanted to, to get into that game, they'd buy a brokerage. Yeah. Redfin makes sense based in Seattle already using Amazon web I services. I just don't think, I don't think they're, I don't think they're sellers. 
Maybe not. You know, they, they make sense for me. When they did the partnership with Remax, I'm like, Remax should just buy Redfin. Yeah. Like, that's that was the th- you know, and I don't I don't even think Remax has maybe they could get invested. Whatever, I'm speculating there. But but to me, that match was perfect, and obviously it ended in about a week. But Remax and Redfin was a perfect match because Remax brand is this balloon, and the reason Remax does well nationally and globally you know, is because they have entrepreneurial agents that are rock stars, to your point, in their local areas. Yep. Now, if you put the layer on top of that of the second biggest real estate website in the country, that made a lot of sense to me. But Remax said, you know what, we're sticking up for the agent mm-hmm. when they saw the uh, the whole Redfin, uh, you know, will sell without an agent direct to the consumer thing. Right. And they ended that partnership, but, but yeah, I agree. I think I think Redfin is. Um, it could be never very ma- interesting. They've never made money. They um, they are a they're a website in my opinion. They're not a brokerage, although they have agents. They're just they're not good at the brokerage side. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll be Amazon could buy anybody. They really could. I mean, Redfin. Oh yeah, Redfin's no a, a few billion. You know, Remax. A few billion. That's right. Amazon, a trillion. Correct. Yeah. Uh, we can't even wrap our heads around that. Yeah. And I know they're worth a little bit less now, but like they could literally write a check for any brokerage they want. Zillow just just bought. Uh, you know, they became a lender. They just bought a mortgage company. It. Yep. So we say this not to scare you. Like, don't be scared. But like, this is how important it is right now to do. <clears throat> excuse me to do what you've been telling yourself that you would do and launch that show, do a podcast, uh, launch that, you know, marketing campaign locally that will, that everyone will know who you are all of a sudden, you know, do it now because like this stuff will happen. Some, it may not look exactly the same, but something like this will happen. And there are, and there are so many agents that are like, I don't, that's just not me. I don't want to do that. But, but I get referrals. Yeah. 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 I get referrals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to your point, when those referrals dry up because they're getting a $5,000 free package from Amazon because yeah. you didn't put yourself out there, you didn't stay in front of them, and you didn't produce the content, you didn't have the brand that yeah. they remembered, yeah, you're in a vulnerable spot. Right. And uh, I've had, I've had a f- numerous older agents that have had referral-based businesses for, for decades that they're f- freaking out now. They're like, what do I do to get business? Because my referral base is now younger, you know, like uh, kids of parents are now like they're wanting to do it themselves. They're not wanting an agent. They're wanting to do Redfin. They're wanting to use Homie in Utah uh, and Phoenix. I think Homie's in or yeah, or we've covered Homie on the real word a bunch. Freaking not homie. a bunch, but like two or three shows where you talked about them because yeah, they had that they had that really uh, I don't want to call it viral, but that campaign that they ended up getting in trouble for I don't the, know if you the political this. one. Yeah, the political one. I thought that was so tame. I know, I but they're uh, locally in Phoenix. They, they, they got in trouble for that. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. they were violating yeah. ordinances. Yes, which exactly. Is, which is important not to do. But yeah, they, they got they got the attention. They, they, were, yeah. they already won and then got the forgiveness after. Yeah. 
See, see what these companies have to their advantage is they they don't come from where we do where like we have it built into us or, or drilled into us that things are done a certain way. Right. They just come in. They're like, how should it be done? And they don't give a fuck about NAR. They don't. So it's like, okay, you guys worry about the NAR shit and your book of ethics and we're right. just going to dominate you yeah and we'll just break shit and we'll make mistakes and maybe yeah. we violate this accidentally and we'll fix it and then we'll just keep rolling they just they just approach it with how should things be done yeah they don't care yeah and this is who we're up against dude a hundred percent man I, I really like the way you're thinking about the industry because you're not just you're not complaining about it it is what it is you're not stopping it i'm not stopping it right you know we don't have the money to stop it right so you're reacting in the best way that you can to it there's, there's no other option. I mean, yeah. we could, we could start one of these companies. We could, you know, create some sort of tool to assist agents and, you know, become wealthy off that. I mean, we could do, we could do whatever we want. There's nothing that says that you must only sell homes and have your income hundred percent reliant on transactions. Actually, let's do this to wrap this podcast up. What is the, if somebody's a real estate agent and they know the transaction, what today in your opinion is the best offset number two business for them to create? Um, I've got my answer, but I'm curious. I'll, I'll let you go first. I'm curious on your answer of, because to your point, you can do anything. Yeah. And if you know the transaction, there are a number of spokes that come off of that transaction that could be a business around it. And this is how I think more real estate agents need to be thinking. So what do you think is the number one easiest business in your, in anybody's local market that they could spin off of their real estate business? Okay. So before, before you elaborated on that, I was going to have a different answer and I know some people wouldn't like it, but, um, look, I think if Keller Williams, EXP, anyone who has a recruiting aspect to their business model, that is an option. If you choose to accept it, you know, absolutely without just without like distracting and going off and like opening an ice cream shop, you know, it's in line with what you're currently doing. You're just saying, Hey, come with us. Yeah. Right. So that's a viable option. Uh, that's where I was going to go with it. And then, um, when you elaborated, like now I don't even know how to answer that. Like I, I have a friend in Salt Lake who is working on an app that will basically let teams. Um, it's basically, I, I hate the Uberizing term, but I don't know any other way to say it. Uh, or you can go on an app and just hire a showing agent for, you know, $40 a showing or whatever. And they kind of like bid for showings. And so you don't need to have showing agents on staff. You could just Ooh, have the app do the it. Uber of showing agents. Right. Yeah. And he's an agent and he sees the need for it. And so that, you know, obviously takes a, uh, somebody who knows development and, of, of yeah, product, not everyone of can do that for sure. I'm going to go super like just basic because I think this is the most obvious thing that you, the one hard thing is you need, need the people that actually can do the work, but everybody's local community right now is in need of a plumber, an electrician, a handyman, uh, a sheetrocker, a contractor. And uh, I know somebody in Massachusetts, Steve Rivithis, shout out to the Rivithis Realty um, brokerage up there in small little western Massachusetts uh, went out and started a construction company. He's got like 70, I think now he's probably uh, over 100 agents even. But when he started this, he had 70 agents. So he had a handyman. He said, hey, listen, you're a handyman. You're a construction guy. You're a contractor, whatever you want to call it. I'm a business guy. I have back-end uh, you know, business figured out. 
why don't we partner 50-50? And by the way, I've got 70 agents over here that are going to be instant leads for you. They all have inspection issues, blah, 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 blah. Right. And nobody can find a, not only can they not find a good contractor right now, none of these, none, most of these contractors and these um, trade companies in your local community are doing anything in terms of marketing and branding themselves. Oh, that nothing. industry is wide open mm -hmm. and it's an industry that has zero chance, zero of AI or a robot. There is not going to be in 2030, you can mark this down. There will not be a robot that comes into your house and rewires the electrical <laughs> or replums it. Right. That's not happening on the little homeowner level. And it's just, it's not even practical right now right. for for them to the way these homes are built, 1980s homes, you're going to have a robot go in there and, and crawl through walls and figure out how to, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, not a chance. Right? Watch, it'll happen next year. I'll look like an <laughs> idiot. That's smart, though. So I wouldn't have thought of that. Um, you understand Facebook ads. You understand yeah. how to build a brand. Yeah. This is a home run for agents. Absolutely. That, that That's extremely smart. Um, you know, those those who choose to build a local brand, a local media company that sells homes, uh, there's other ways to monetize a media company. If you have eyeballs on your brand at a local level, there's lots of different ways to monetize it. That's you right. could have, you know, uh, sponsorships. You could have, like, if you have a local podcast, you can get sponsors to, you know, to cover that. You can um, do advertising on the website. You can do all sorts of stuff like I'm so, a traditional I, media company. I'm so glad you went there because if you're just going to say, you know what, all I want to do is be a buyer agent for the next 20 years. I've been saying this for a long time. Ugh. You are incredibly vulnerable of being put out of business. And even the next step, I just want to, I just love homes. I just want to help people buy and sell real estate. You, look, look around at what's happening. This is not to scare you to your point. Um, but you're vulnerable at this point. Extremely. Right? And so it's either build brand or have three, four, seven different revenue streams coming in and invest in other businesses around the transaction because we all understand how many uh, different opportunities there are. Gary uh, Keller talks about this all the time with Keller Williams. Like we want a client for life now and that's why they're building out that AI, right? They're talking about building a client for life where after the home is closed, Listen, they're going to sign up for TV. They're going to sign up for, you know, they're going to have bills. They're going to have handymen. They're going to have um, pride of ownership, hopefully, and reinvest into that home. And there's going to be opportunities for KW or whoever is yep. there for that home seller to provide a service. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I fear for those who, like you said, they're like, I just like selling homes. I just like helping people. Well, cool continue doing that. But what else are you going to do? Cause what happens if you get sick or injured or your kid has to go to the hospital for six months and you can't show homes anymore, then what? And can't you help them more if you, when they do call you and say, Hey, I need a handyman. If you can, for example, get somebody over there the next day where they're, Oh, I will call this person. Hey, I call that person. They're calling me back. Yeah. That's not helping them. Right. Giving them a phone number isn't helping them, but providing the service yeah. instantaneously, Amazon, that is helping people. It's, it, it's helping people. It's uh, making you a more valuable agent because you're providing so much more than you were before. So yeah. I, I love that example. I think that's brilliant. And now you've got the, 
the wheels turning for me. Good. Well, we'll, we'll catch up on this on, you're going to have me on your podcast. Absolutely. Dude, when I go on your podcast, I'm wearing the t-shirt, <laughs> right? This is badass, dude. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been fun. Thank you. If, if you're listening to this, go back to uh, YouTube in the description. I'm going to link up your podcast. People should check it out. Awesome. It's really, really good. Thank you. And uh, I've had a lot of fun. So I appreciate me this. Too. Man. Thank you very much. Awesome. Hey guys, thanks for watching the video all the way to the end. I really appreciate all your engagement, all your comments, and if you like this content, if you want to see more, please, I've got two videos linked up here, or hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a video again. Uh -huh.